Time Out with Manu Kakopian. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Today, we are joined by Armen Karoglanyan, who is a filmmaker, creative entrepreneur, and the founder of the Armenian Film Society, among other items. Uh, he's the founder of Interiors as well, which is the first of its kind film and architecture publication. And uh, he's also worked as a VP for Fenexa, which is an all-in-one marketing platform for businesses, graduate of the USC School of Cinematic Arts, and his work has been published in a lot of international publications, and one of them was actually Yerevan Magazine, where Armin and I first connected. Armin, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. How are you, buddy? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I thought after our Yerevan magazine days, we would, you know, you would kind of block me and take me out of your life, but here we are. Oh, I tried, but you know, we, we found ourselves coming back to each other. You know, uh, it, those were some great years with Yerevan magazine, and you know, I, I guess we're we've both evolved with extensions of our own projects that are still putting. Um, Armenians in in a in a positive light and talking about all the great things they're doing. Um, obviously, this radio station and this show is an extension of that, and you've done that on your end too with the Armenian Film Society. That sounds pretty major. Please tell me what that's all about. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's really born out of that idea where you know I felt like I was filling a void that previously wasn't, um, you know, being done, which was writing about Armenian film and filmmakers. And after Yerevan magazine, I really wanted to be able to do something um, in that capacity and was really searching for the right way to do it. So my wife and I founded Armenian Film Society in 2015. And what it is, is it's a, it's a film society. It's a film group. We get together once a month and we watch films. We have filmmakers come in for Q&As. There's lectures, there's workshops, there's a lot of great discussions that happen, and a lot of fantastic screenings. And what we do is we try to shine a spot, spotlight on Armenian films and filmmakers and films that deal with the Armenian culture in some way. And so it's really just a gathering of people who um, love Armenian films and um, want to continue supporting Armenians working in the film industry. And outside of that, we, you know, we have social media as a tool where we get to share news and information about Armenians working in the entertainment industry. So that's a few of the things that we do at the Film Society. Yeah. Uh, where, does, uh, where do these events take place? So our monthly meetings are on the first Friday of every month, and we hold them at Aubrey Books, which is Armenian bookstore in Glendale. And it's really just become a great place to, you know, gather because of the strong community that they've already established over the last couple of decades. And so we have the majority of our events there. We have some events that we do throughout the year in other locations, other venues. But every month, first Friday of the month, we gather at the bookstore. And it's been it's been a really absolute pleasure to do that. Um, and th this is uh, how long has it been going on for? So our first event was in September of 2015. So we're in our fifth year now. And, you know, that's, that's a lot of events. You know, every single month we, you know, we put on a show. We, you know, we find a film or a filmmaker or have 
somebody come in and have a lecture, presentation of some sort, workshop. And, you know, it takes a lot of time and resources to be able to do that and do it consistently. But it's, it's really been rewarding because you know, nothing like that had existed previously. And it really, we take a lot of pride in being able to curate these events and be able to put on the show. And we've had a lot of great guests who have, you know, um, you know given us their time to come out and participate. So it's, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Yeah, take me through that. Who are some of these guests and movies specifically that you guys have been showcasing? Yeah, so one of our first guests was Eric Nazarian, the screenwriter, who's amazing. Um, he didn't show a film of his. He chose to show an Ilya Kazan film, America, America, which has an Armenian connection in it. So that was a really great, you know, one of our first events to sort of kick off the year. We've shown some Adam Egoyan films. We've shown films made by non-Armenian filmmakers like Sean Baker's Tangerine. We've had uh, Mardik Martin, who's the writer of Raging Bull, who recently passed away. We had him as a guest. We showed Raging Bull. He got to talk about his experiences working in the industry, growing, you know, growing up and um, sort of uh, establishing himself in the industry alongside Martin Scorsese, who's arguably the greatest American filmmaker. And, um, and we've had a lot of other greats. We've had a lot of great Armenian filmmakers come from Armenia, so it, it's very varied. A lot of American films, Armenian films, um, we try to diversify you know, the slate as much as possible. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Martik Martin, who uh, you did a, a, a profile on him in Yerevan magazine back in the day. But uh, he, was, uh, he was partnered with Scorsese for quite a few films, wasn't he? Yeah, so he went to film school with Scorsese, and that's where they met. And a lot of people don't know this, but Scorsese's film professor and really the person that encouraged him to get into film and who Scorsese really credits um, for having a career in film, he was Armenian. His name, his name was uh, Haik Manukian. So Mardik Martin was a classmate and friend of Scorsese's. They did Mean Streets together, which Mardik wrote. And they've, you know, over the years, they've done Raging Bull. Um, and a lot of other, you know, really great films, New York, New York. They've had a really great career, and uh, Marty has brought such an authentic voice to Scorsese's films. So, you know, he, he's he's a really big figure in, in Scorsese's filmography, fantastic writer, great voice. So we were really excited to do that because, you know, Marty Martin was sort of a dream guest. When you think about launching Armenian Film Society, and you'll have screenings in Glendale with Armenian filmmakers. Marty Martin is definitely on the top of that list, and a few friends were able to make that possible, and we were incredibly thrilled to to welcome him, and we're so glad we did it when we did it because, like I said, unfortunately he passed away, so we were so glad we got to you know spend an evening with him and hear his stories. Again, we are joined by Armen Karoglanyan, who is the head of the found, head and founder of the Armenian Film Society, and Armen, when you talk about guests like Mar- Martik Martin and the connection he had with the likes of Scorsese. Scorsese has had relationships with a lot of Armenian, you know, people in film. Uh, Steven Zalian is is another one, isn't he? Steven Zalian is a big one. He's a, he's he's one of the most sought out after screenwriters in Hollywood. An incredibly respected writer who's written for Steven Spielberg, Brian De Palma, and he's won an Oscar for Schindler's List. And so he's written a few films for Scorsese most recently, you know, The Irishman, which is one of the great films that's come out in 2019. And it's just incredible because 
he's he's another titan. You know, he's another one that you certainly put on the top of your list. And it's incredible that, you know, Scorsese, you know, I did the math recently because I was just curious how many of Scorsese's films were written by an Armenian, and I think it came out to about 30%. And so that's pretty wild when you think about 30% of the films that Martin Scorsese, this great filmmaker, has made were written by Armenians. Um, I think that's just that's just a really great uh, stat to look at. It's pretty um, eye-opening. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Breaking news. Martin Scorsese is 30% Armenian per Armin Karolyan's <laughs> unofficial research. Um, you know, I'm sure a 23andMe will further prove that. But Armin, um, do you, as a film critic, do you see any of that Armenian flavor, any of those undertones that perhaps play a part in Scorsese's films? Well, Scorsese's Italian, right? And so I think naturally there's a lot of overlap between Italian culture and Italian family dynamics. I grew up watching Scorsese's movies really before I knew about this Armenian connection. And I thought, I, I saw a lot of my family in that, you know, people gathered over a table eating, um, just arguing over food and those sorts of relationships and dynamics. So I see a lot of that. I, th- I, I think it's, it's probably more of just the Italian upbringing that he had, but definitely people like Mardik Martin, they were able to inject an authentic voice into his films really by just, you know, I think Marty Martin would just talk into a, uh, a tape recorder and then transcribe um, the dialogue so he can make it sound as realistic as possible. I think that sort of is an aesthetic that um, exists in Scorsese's films, and it comes from a really authentic place of sort of like their upbringing. So uh, I, I think that's definitely one one that I see. Um, really, it, it just comes down to, for me, it comes down to uh, Scorsese's films have a lot to do with family, and, you know, what that means, you know, both inside the home and outside the home. And I think that's definitely something that you can relate to the Armenian experience. Yeah, and after watching The Irishman, I mean, the family dynamic was there. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the movie and spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But, you know, uh, you could. it's obvious that the family dynamic, they dive into it. And, and what a treat to have Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and... Um, Al Pacino and and I I would assume the last film together. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's, it's a fantastic film, um, but it's it's made even more fantastic by what you just said, bringing together these great actors for a reunion. And in the case of Pacino, their first, his first time working with Mars Scorsese. You know, I was thinking the final um, the final moments of the film, and again, not to spoil it, um, you sort of like look at Joe Pesci as the film is ending, and you think to yourself. You know, this is likely, you know, his first, his last time working with Martin Scorsese. But then you also have this realization that it might be the last time Joe Pesci might ever appear in a film again, you know, because he had been retired for so long and um, didn't want to make another film. And they brought him back for The Irishman. So it's a little, it's a little sad to think about it from that perspective of, you know, these guys might not work together again. Um, or if they do, you know, their time is definitely limited. You know, the film is definitely about looking back on, you know, on, on, you know, your life. And so it's a little sad to think about this might be it. This might be the last time we see some of these actors, at least working with some of these, um, you know, other actors and director. And it's a little, um, it's a little touching. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Joe Pesci pretty much came out of retirement to, to play a role in this film. And I, I think it hands down Pesci, 
what is is the actor for one of the greatest films of all time, which is actually Home Alone. Uh, I don't know if you and I, I will fight anyone till the day that if if they disagree with me, but you know. The reason I bring up Home Alone, though, is because you specifically know about that movie a little better than others, don't you? Well, I love Home Alone. He made Home Alone the same year he made Goodfellas. And I remember as a kid watching both films and not really understanding or making the connection that it was the same actor because they're such different performances, right? Um, one is a really ruthless gangster and murderer, and the other one, is you know this 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 burglar who you know he's hilarious and he's got such a great personality to him, um, but yeah we wrote about Home Alone for Interiors, um, which is basically you know like you mentioned at the beginning, Interiors is a film and architecture publication that I um, that I founded with a friend and architect um, Maris Janahi, and so what we do is we look at films from the perspective of architecture and production design. And we create floor plans to better understand how filmmakers use space. So you think of Home Alone, it's a film that's, um, the majority of the film is set in one house. And so how Kevin Macaulay Culkin's character uses space to ward off the, the, the burglars was very interesting to us. And in fact, is one of the chapters in our new book that's coming out later this year. So, you know, I watch Home Alone definitely for the entertainment aspect, but you know, I had to sit there and analyze and dissect the scenes for 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 the book for sure yeah and you mentioned you know breaking that movie down for interior zone you've done that a lot for different kinds of films and tv shows as well too um what what is the importance of the way a room brings together a film to talk to me about that a little bit more yeah, just like just like Armenian Film Society, we realized that there was a void and we wanted to fill it. The same thing was for interiors. Back when I was in film school, I felt like there wasn't enough being written about in terms of the relationship between film and architecture. You know, we, we, we've seen a lot of writings about costume design and the use of music. In, in our sense, you know, really looking at the way space is being used or how a room is being utilized. Is it's fascinating in a lot of ways because production design is such an important aspect of filmmaking that could often be ignored um, by 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 an audience, but it, it plays such a big role in telling the story of that character and building the character's um, narrative even further. So that's some of the stuff we do. We we really look at how um, the visual medium of film is being used to tell you something about the character, tell you something about their behavior, their personality. And we've written about a lot of different films. A lot of times we, we talk about the production design, how it's a reflection of the character. In other times, how filmmakers actually use space or cheat space to be able to tell their stories more effectively. For example, if, if you're shooting a long, continuous action scene, do you cheat that sequence as a filmmaker, you know, not be um, authentic to the space because you're just trying to, you know, piece together footage that works for, you know, shot by shot? Or are you true to the actual space and you want to work within those limitations? All of those were really interesting to us because, you know, an architect is looking at, um, you know, their work from a technical perspective. And we thought, what would it be like to look at film from not necessarily an emotional perspective, but from a technical perspective? What could we learn there if we were looking at basically just data and information and try to parse it through that? So that's sort of some of the stuff that we've been doing and building on those ideas. Yeah, and it's certainly a a very different 
side passion that you have because you've also dabbled in filmmaking, correct? Uh, what, what are some projects that you've worked on? So I, I, I really went to film school to, to immerse myself into film. I didn't necessarily want to write, direct, or produce. I wanted to just work in film. And I ended up, as you can kind of see, hopefully over the last couple of years, I've worked in film in some capacity and some hopefully in, in interesting ways, at least for myself it has been. So I started writing and directing some short film projects, commercials, music videos, short films. So I've done a little bit of that. I got to produce my first feature in 2015, which was actually there's an actor from Goodfellas in that film. And that was another sort of like highlight of my, um, of my career. But that was, that was sort of a massive project, something I'd never done before working on a feature length film with a lot of other actors and crew members. And I, I got to learn a lot while doing that. It was definitely an eye-opening experience to go through that after having done a lot of shorter form stuff in the past. Yeah. And you mentioned you went to the USC film school, um, you know, in 2020, there's so many different ways of being a filmmaker and, and having a role in some sort of cinematic storytelling. Uh, I mean, if, for anyone listening, would you advise for them to still go through the traditional formats of film school? Or is that pretty much the, the path to being a filmmaker? Has that changed over in recent years? Well, I love film school and I love my experience of film school because I was very, um, I was very realistic about what my expectations were. You know, I, I didn't have the assumption that by going to, you know, the most prestigious film school in the world that I was going to be directing Hollywood films five years out of school. I really went to meet people and to learn from people who were a lot smarter than I was and to get an experience that I wouldn't get outside of that classroom. You know, there's a lot of great information resources online now, and that's true. But it made sense for me, and I think everybody should look at their own individual situation and circumstances and see if it makes sense for them. I mean, with obviously, you know, where we are with student loans and just university, college, school system in 2020, um, I think it needs to make a lot of sense for you individually, but your expectations also have to be realistic. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of filmmakers that went to film school and they're great. And there's a lot of filmmakers who either never went to film school, never were accepted to film school or dropped out of film school. And they're great as well. You know, I honestly, I, I love my experience. I met some incredible people and I don't think Armenian film society and interiors would exist without USC film school. But um, I think I would probably be doing something else if not those things if i didn't go to usc so i think it just comes down to um, each individual person yeah and you mentioned those relationships i mean you you just talked about it scorsese and martin martin wouldn't have met if they didn't yeah. go to film school yeah. do you uh, uh is you know is there anyone from your class who's who's doing their own thing in hollywood right now yeah i went to i went to film school with sev ohanian who some people might know and I remember we met in, Steven, in, our, in our Steven Spielberg class, which was an entire class dedicated to the films of Steven Spielberg. And I met him. He was you know, an Armenian kid. It was my first week of film school. And we just started talking, hit it off, great personality, funny, and sort of you know, had other classes. And we kept in touch throughout the years. 
And we were graduating. He was standing behind me. I asked him, what are you doing this summer? He said, oh, I'm going to make this really small movie in the Bay Area. Turned out to be a movie called Fruitvale Station with Ryan Coogler. Went to Sundance, sold for millions of dollars. Seb is now working on Space Jam 2. Um, he's had an incredible career, but I could tell the first week I met him in school that he was destined for that sort of success because it requires a certain type of personality and work ethic, work ethic and hustle. Seb had it. And, you know, his, his career path has been widely different than mine or some of the other people that I've known. But what's so great is that everyone sort of carved out their own path and career. And that's what's, you know, what's really great about looking back on those years and some of those friends that I've made. Wow, that's incredible. You know, Armin, um, let, let's take a quick break. And, and when we come back, I, I want to talk about that next generation and, and what that looks like and uh, how the... Armenians will have a seat in film and uh, define the future moving forward. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about that. You're listening to Time Out with Manu Kakopian. And welcome back, everyone, to the show. Today we are joined by Armen Karoglanyan, who is the founder of the Armenian Film Society, among Interiors Journal, among other things. And uh, what we've been talking about, Armen, is obviously uh, where we just left off was that next generation of filmmakers. I mean, you're one of them. Your friend, Sebohanyan, who, like you mentioned, is working on Space Jam 2, is another one. But uh, what is the what is the future for Armenian filmmakers looking like? Well, Armenian filmmakers are, you know, like all other filmmakers now, are have this incredible opportunity of you know having access to film equipment and tools and technology that didn't exist even you know to to this extent a decade ago, and certainly not in Martin Scorsese and Marty Martin's time when they were in, in, in school. So it's empowered a lot of filmmakers. You know, right now. In today's world, nothing's stopping you from making a film, putting it up on YouTube, and having people interact with it. And um, really, it comes down to you having the um, motivation, ambition, desire to do those things and not standing your own, in your own way of making that happen. So what we're seeing now is a lot more people going out and making films on their phones or the digital cameras and put, you know submitting them to film festivals, putting them online, and getting a wider audience that didn't previously exist. And that really ties into Armenian film society. We've sort of emerged as a platform for these new Armenian filmmakers. We want to help them make their films, tell their stories. Maybe they don't have some resources that we can help them with. Maybe they don't have the platform. Maybe, maybe they don't have the connections, but that's really what we see ourselves as. And we have a lot of plans to grow the film society. And that's definitely one of the ways we really want to help more Armenians around the world tell their stories because there's such unique stories out there. And we've been seeing that over the last couple of years. Who are some of these people to keep an eye on? Can you mention their names? Well, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a few that come to my mind. Um, you know, young emerging talent. Pike Matevosian is, is an incredible filmmaker. He's certainly not new. He's made a lot of different short form projects. But he's incredible. He's got an incredible voice. 
He's been mentored by a lot of great filmmakers. Marty Martin was one of his mentors. And he's actually a filmmaker in residence with the Armenian Film Society. So this past year, he worked under our guidance, and we sort of tried to help him in various ways and provide him with anything that we could to further grow his career and help him continue to make films. So he's somebody that I would keep an eye out for. He's got such a great, distinct style that's evident in all of his work. There's a couple of others that come to mind. Emily Mukherjee is another filmmaker who I think you should keep an eye out on. She's done a lot of she she's done a lot of great um, films that I've seen, but one in particular is a documentary called Motherland, which is starting to get um, a little bit more exposure because it's, it's sort of starting to live out in the universe. And she's got a great voice, great distinct style. Oksana Mizroyan is another one. She's a friend. She's done some really great um, poetic films that. Um, that really make you feel excited about the future of Armenian films. Because, like I said, these, you know, these, these people might have not had the opportunity to make the films that they're making maybe 20, 30 years ago, but now they have the resources, and they all live in different parts of you know, the country and the world, and you get to see a little bit of their personality, and you get to hear a little bit of their voice when they do make films, and it's always exciting when, when they do make new films. Yeah, and you mentioned a few of those new female leaders in the group. Uh, it, over the last couple of years, especially in Hollywood with the Me Too movement, you know, females have been underrepresented, but specifically Armenian females have been underrepresented too. Uh, how do you feel that Armenian women can continue to have a growing place in film today? It's tough. You know, some of my favorite filmmakers growing up were women and you know, as you said, right now it's, 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 it's hard for women filmmakers, so it's doubly hard for Armenian women filmmakers. Um, they, they have such an interesting perspective. They bring such, such a great voice to their projects that I'm always excited. I'm always excited to see films by, you know, different perspectives, people who have maybe other, you know, life experience different than my own. I, I would like us to get into a place where not just in the Armenian, you know, film space, obviously, but overall, where we don't call, you know, people, you know, women filmmakers. We just call them filmmakers because hopefully filmmakers will, will be made up by more voices, men and women. Um, so I'd like for them to get more opportunity and um, more representation because that just means richer stories. Um, you know, I was jotting down names of, some of those voices, some of those emerging um, filmmakers, and 80% of the list that I just kind of came up with was women filmmakers. Um, it just happens to be, you know, it just happens to be some of the some of the recent films that I've seen that have got me really excited. But you know, they they really do have a great voice, and hopefully, more opportunities will be presented to them, and hopefully, we can help in in some small way through the film society. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Film Society, although it's been around for the last five years, it's still in a growth phase. And what is that growth phase looking like in 2020 as you plan to scale operations? Well, I like to say we're 5% of where we want to be. You know, we do monthly events, and we have been doing that for four or five years. And so people might think, well, that's, that's, that's great. That's what they do. But really, it's just a small percentage of what we want to do. We want to, like I said, give filmmakers 
an opportunity to tell their stories. And one of the ways in which we want to do that is by providing them with grants and different resources. Um, we launched a membership in 2018, which really helps us financially grow our, our organization. So we'd like to do a little bit more of that. We'd like to have a larger presence outside of the LA area. We've started traveling and being part of other festivals and other cities and countries. We'd like to do a lot of that as well because we want to become sort of the, the place, and the, you know, the, the, the space you go to to learn about all the great Armenians working in the film industry and hopefully in the future also be able to watch some of those films. Yeah, and, and with, the, with that film circuit, the ARPA Film Festival is definitely one of them that comes through town as a... It's a, it's a very important one along the circuit for Armenians at the Egyptian Theater every year. Uh, what has been your uh, thoughts on, the, on that film festival's growth throughout the years and the quality of content that you've been seeing? So I worked with the ARPA Film Festival several years ago, and, you know, it's always exciting to me when, you know, when people come together to put on a show, it's a lot of work, and have an opportunity in the LA area to try to grow it as much and expose, you know, other people's work to, to the general public. So I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's, it's great what they're trying to do. And I would love to see more festivals like that continue emerging. In fact, one of the ones that comes to mind is the pomegranate film festival in Toronto. They're the largest um, filmmaker in the Armenian diaspora uh, film festival in the Armenian diaspora, and they're fantastic at what they do, and it's incredibly exciting to see their team and how they work together. And we were a part of their festival not too long ago, and you know we've learned a lot from these organizations. We we learn a lot about um, what they've done over the last couple of years, and to to try to help them in whatever way we can to continue their success. Yeah, Otto Megoyan has had a a prominent role in the the Pomegranate Film Festival throughout the years, correct? Yeah, Adam McGoing is my favorite, one of my favorite filmmakers. He's, he's got such a great uh, filmography and is one of the first filmmakers that I absolutely fell in love with. And I remember I saw Adadat in Glendale with my family when, when the film came out and it was such a big deal. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, what a major talent. You know, he's penetrated sort of like this industry in an unprecedented way. And he's become such um, such a big inspiration for me and i got to meet him and work with him a couple of times and he, he continued you know they say don't meet your heroes but he's, he's definitely been an exception i've i've loved his films i continue to love his films they're incredible in, in every way possible yeah and you know he's he's one of the contemporary ones but you know when we look back at armenian history there's the likes of ruben mamulian and sergey parajanov who've who've really etched their names in in all different kinds of film sectors, not only Armenian ones. Uh, when you talk to people and you kind of have to give them your Mount Rushmore of the most prominent Armenian people in film, who, who are those people? Oh, that's a great question. That was a great question. There's, there's so many, like you said. You know, Sergei Parjanov, people don't realize how respected he is in the film world, right, in the film community. Um, many famous filmmakers wrote letters 
when uh, Parjana was imprisoned, um, you know, fighting for his release. So many filmmakers consider Parjano an influence on their work. There was a film that came out in 2019 called Midsommar by uh, a great emerging filmmaker. And you wouldn't have, you would never have thought, but he said Parjano's film, The Color of Pomegranates, was an influence. So that continues to exist. Um, as far as my own Mount Rushmore, I don't even know if I'd be able to answer because there's, there's so many great ones. Ruben Mamoulian is a great one, another great filmmaker who worked in the Hollywood studio system, so so very different. Henrik Malian would definitely be another. Um, definitely Adam McGoin would be on that list. Um, there's just so many great great ones that are uh, worked in the industry, but worked in the industry all in different ways. You know, Parjana with the art, poetic films, experimental films, and others, and you know, in and outside the studio system. So. Fortunately, there's been a lot of great filmmakers over the last couple of years. Yeah, and on the production side right now, Eric Israelian is another one who's really uh, being a, a pivotal figure into making projects happen, not only in film, but, you know, obviously outside with the genocide recognition and such. Uh, is is that a, a role that he wants to continue playing as well, too? I hope so. He's doing a great job at it. You know, he's sort of the way I've sort of as an outsider, because I don't know him personally, as an outsider, it seems like, you know, he's a doctor who seems like also very business savvy, business person who's, you know, working in, in the film industry. So he's doing it incredibly well, because oftentimes you get these people from that background who would not be doing a great job and would not be making you know, great films are bringing people together the way that he has, but he's done an exceptional job. So I hope he does continue, and I hope he provides other filmmakers outside of that circle some more opportunities. But, yeah, like you mentioned, there's, there's so much. You know, and even on the acting side, for example, Eric Bogosian is, is, is this, you know, he's a well-known, respected New York actor, but, you know, he was in a film on Cut Gems. Um, that was another 2019 film. So it's great to see... Armenians working in the industry in every capacity. For example, you know, with the uh, Armenian Film Society social media, we're always sharing news and facts about Armenians working in the industry, but we don't care if, if you're a director who made a film or you're, you're an assistant on a TV show. To us, we just want to show that Armenians are working in the industry in a lot of different ways. We don't want to just highlight, you know, the big main talents that everybody knows. We want to give credit to all the great hardworking people out there who are making an impact maybe in ways that you don't necessarily notice. You know, there's so many great talent agents who represent some of the biggest stars, and you don't necessarily see, you know, them front and center like an actor or director would be, but they keep the industry going in their own way. And that's really what's so great about it. Armenians coming together or really working individually, separately in their own position, but kind of, you know, contributing to the entertainment industry in their own way. And I think that's what's so great about it all. Yeah. And, you know, when I mentioned Eric Israeli and I, I did so because he was the producer of the promise, which uh, over the yeah. last handful of years became the quintessential film for army for that encapsulated the Armenian genocide. And obviously a who's who of A-list actors there, but you know, it, it was actually Kirk Krikorian's lasting gift to the Armenian culture because he it was a privately funded film. It was never designed to be reach box office 
and blockbuster acclaim, yet it 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 was still produced. What do you what do you make of that film and and how well it will hold up uh, uh, for a few years from now, even decades from now? Well, I think Armenians have always wanted their own big film about the genocide, you know, similar to Schindler's List to kind of point out. There's been a lot of films about the Armenian genocide, but that was obviously the largest production and the biggest scale possible with some of the biggest actors, you know, working in, in, in the film industry now. So it's great that it exists. I think it's great for us to have that film and to point to it anytime we want to show somebody a film about the genocide and tell that story. I would like to see other stories um, being told in, in the um, Armenian community. You know, think about Martin Scorsese, for example. His films are inherently about, you know, Italian culture, Italian family life. I feel like I know his family, his upbringing, the Italian culture, you know, through his films. I think and I want to see um, Armenians do that, you know, tell their own stories. You know, Uncut Gems is about, you know, Jewish life in New York, Diamond District. There's no reason why an Armenian film like that shouldn't exist. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm glad that the Armenian genocide films exist, in particular The Promise. It's great that we have this large-scale production like that with Oscar Isaac, Christian Bale. Of course, that's amazing. I like to see more diverse stories being told because the Armenian community, the Armenian culture is diverse. We have so many great stories. I want to see more of those stories on the screen. And some of the filmmakers that I mentioned, some that I did not, they're the ones telling those stories. Yeah, and like you mentioned, you know, easily a a story like Uncut Gems could be told from the Armenian lens as well. Um, What are some other interesting angles do you think that could be played on from from a large scale? Well, there's so many, right? So... You, you, you think about, well, if you look at Uncut Gems as an example, you know, the, the Diamond District, um, you know, him being Jewish, they're all sort of as a backdrop to tell the story at large. So, you know, think about Black Panther, for example, another, I mean, a, a very different film. It's a superhero film, but Ryan Coogler, a black filmmaker, you know, brings some of his culture and personality into a film. There's no reason why Armenians couldn't be thinking along those lines. And I'm not saying they aren't by any means. They definitely are. I'd love to see more of that. Um, so I think we just all need to continue what we're doing, um, hopefully get more opportunities as filmmakers, as storytellers, because it's definitely a, a difficult industry. But I trust that um, I, I trust that these filmmakers – are going to be bringing their personality because how could you not, right? Like the film Sev has made, they're not really about the Armenian identity in any way, but you sort of sense that he's infusing some of that into his work in some shape or form. And he's done it in really interesting ways. So I think we'll continue seeing it. And I think it'll be happening in ways that feel very natural and are sort of, you know, serving as a backdrop or as a subtext of the film. Yeah, and, and those conversations that you have at the Armenian Film Society, the members, what are some of their pressing points that they want to really get across? What are what are the, some of the things that they're talking about that you know re- are really resonating with you? Well, we're seeing that a lot of people are very, very interested in seeing some of the past films that have been made and are also very interested in some of these newer projects that they might have missed. 
So I think a lot of times people in the Armenian sort of like film community space, I think they're kind of stuck on this sort of, I think when they think of like Armenian film, they might think of like maybe Adam Egoyan, Autodoth, which is like great, but I think they're sort of like living in the 2000s era and not necessarily thinking about what might have came way before or what's happening today, you know, as we speak. So with the Film Society, we've got to show in a lot of older Armenian films you know, from the 70s and 80s. And that's been an eye-opening experience because a lot of people have either never seen them before, never heard of them before, or maybe heard their parents talking about it. And now they see these films and they realize this is just as good as any other film that would have been made at this time. And then when we show newer films and we show some of these newer filmmakers, they're a lot more interested in, you know, what are the subject matters that they're tackling today? What stories are they, are they telling uh, Motherland, a documentary which I just mentioned, is about um, Armenian women miners um, who, are, who are digging up uh, mines and and um, deactivating them. And that is such a that's such a specific story, but it's such a powerful one. And so they see films like that and are really excited about the the prospect of telling all these other very niche specific stories that previously had never you know been shed light on. So. You know, the members, the people that come to the, the Film Society event, I think they're really just there because they're hungry to watch films, hear filmmakers talk about them. Because if you think about it, there really isn't, an, maybe outside of a film festival that happens once a year, there isn't a place to go to, you know, hear about an Armenian, you know, filmmaker talk about their work. So I think that that's why they um, return back every month to be able to hear and meet all these different people and see these films that they otherwise might not get a chance to. Again, we are joined by again we are joined by Armenian by the Armenian Film Society, Armen Karoglanyan, who is the founder. Armen, for anyone who is looking forward to joining the society, how does that work? How do they go about that? So ArmenianFilmSociety.com, you know, we have a a membership section there where you can purchase a membership. We price our membership very fairly. It's $100 for an entire year, and that includes you plus one guest to all of our events. So you get to come to at least 12 events, um, yourself and a, and a guest, and it's only $100. There's also a lot of other great perks and benefits that come with that. And um, if, you, if you're interested in, in attending an event, you can attend outside the membership. We offer daily passes if you want to check out one of our future events. And, you know, see if, if, if it's right for you. But really, we, I like to always say, you know, once somebody gets to come to one of our events, they really realize they're at home because they meet people that share similar interests to them. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of guests who are working in the industry, and they come in and they realize that there's a lot of other people there working in the industry like themselves. And so it becomes a great networking space as well. So I encourage anybody, you know, consider joining because, it really allows us to continue what we're doing. It's a lot of hard work. We did it with, with no financial backing for the first four or five year, you know, years. And the membership really now allows us to, to grow a little bit more, to do some of the things that I talked about. You know, any, any funds that the Armenian Film Society gets, we're really putting back out in the community, get these filmmakers to tell their stories, make more films, so we can continue showcasing their work. So your membership, allows us to do that, you know, to support Armenian filmmakers. There you have it. Looking forward to the next one. 
Armin, thank you very much for joining us and looking forward to seeing the continued growth of the Armenian Film Society and for it to become a fabric of the local community and global community as well where we all come together to talk film. Armin, thank you very much. And thank you. thank you so much. Continued success for the organization. Thank you.